This is Iron Mike Stedman. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, Dog Whistle Branding. Today on DWB, I'm joined by my clients, Paul and Lawrence Shaw from Cure Leaves Tea Company, a specialty tea company that helps consumers adopt a more healthy lifestyle through the consumption of high quality African tea blends. One of the reasons I've been reaching out to so many CPG guests is to conduct informal research so I can serve my clients better. I have a soft spot for CPG brands because the market is so crowded. And I also think because I'm a maker at heart. I've been working with Paula and Lawrence for a little over three months now, helping them refine their perfect customer and go-to-market strategy in an effort to increase online sales. In this episode, Paula and Lawrence share what led them to start the company, how they're thinking about growth, and some of the different strategies that I have them implementing. One of the problems I see consistently among CPG brands is their inability to create and dominate their own market category. In Paul and Lawrence's case, if they describe themselves as a specialty tea company, they are positioning themselves in the consumer's minds against more well-established brands like Earl Grey, etc., which is why I'm working with them to design a new category around African tea. We didn't get into category design this episode, but I'll talk through my thought process in a future one. In the meantime, Gunny, you know what to do. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tech planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create, distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Paula and Lawrence, welcome to Dog Whistle Branding. I got my Cure, cure Leaf Tea cup here. I got my, what is this thing called right here? That's your tea strainer, a mesh tea strainer. That's my mesh tea strainer. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Paula's and Lawrence's brand because I've been working with them for probably about a month now. And one of the things we want to do on the show is uh, actually sip this amazing tea while we record today. So she's actually walking me through it. All right. So I got my strainer. I got my hot water. What's next? Okay. So you want to get your perfect Cure Leaves teaspoon because it's going to measure the grams for you. So we're going to do six grams. So it's three grams per teaspoon. So you're going to do two. Oops. Okay. One. All right. Two. Okay, so now you're going to put your strainer inside of the teacup. All right, strainer inside a teacup. And pour your water over the leaves. Do I got to pour them slow or do I pour them? So we pour it slow in a circular motion to make sure we cover all of the leaves to get the flavor completely out of the leaves and allow the tea to rehydrate. Yeah, this is an experience right here. And how much do I pour? You're going to fill your cup up. 
All right. So I'm filling up my cup. And while we're doing that, Paula, go ahead and introduce yourself, Lawrence, you as well, and talk to our listeners about the company. So, yes, my name is Paula Shaw. I am the founder of Cure Leaves Tea Company. I started a tea company company in the height of the pandemic in 2020. Um, I'm an herbalist. I'm also a yoga teacher and a mindfulness coach. So we started a tea company as an additional layer of wellness for the human experience. Um, coming from a veteran background, dealing with anxiety, PTSD, my husband both, um, dealing with those types of mental health um, disorders, we decided to establish a company to support us along along that journey in a holistic way. Love it. And Lawrence, you're in a Marine with me, right? That's right. Right, Devil Dog. What was your MOS? Uh, so I was initially infantry and I went from infantry to um, logistics. Love it. And from logistics to um, intel. Love it. Yeah. yeah, so we all got connected through uh, John Hunter from uh, Glean, Green Clean Auto Spa, right? I think that's the name, but him and I are in Alliance Pride together. We served in the Marines together, and uh, he connected us because, you know, with Ironbound Media leading the, the way on our branding for veteran-owned businesses. And uh, it's been great working with you guys because I'm just so fascinated by, like, e-commerce, just in general, because when I start thinking about, like, what are the opportunities that seem easy for people to get into business? Right. I'm a big fan of service businesses. Right. Because you just go get paying clients. Right. You build your business. But I think amongst like the veteran community. Right. A lot of people like the idea of brands, like building a brand that they can sell online. But as you all know, it's not as easy as it seems. And there's like you got to like, how do I say this? Right. I think sometimes we do the brand building. We put the cart before the horse. And it's like, oh, we want to build this e-commerce brand. We want to get X number of revenue, et cetera, et cetera. But things don't just work out that easily. No. You know, and one of the things you, you and I have been all talking about is like we have a challenge because, you know, we're selling tea, which is a consumer packaged good, which is a, a, a there's a lot of noise in the space. There's a lot of brands in the space. Mm-hmm. How do we differentiate ourselves in the minds of our customers relative to what else is out there? Right. And then how do we create demand for what we're offering to make people even want to visit our website? And want to come to the pop-ups. And so, you know, talking to you guys has helped me really develop a framework for the e-commerce brands I work with of, okay, the first thing we got to do is we really got to start by differentiating ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's really where you start talking about product positioning. Second thing we got to do is we got to be masters of the sale. And like, I know, like, we're all anxious and excited to say, hey, we want to bring in X number through the website. Mm -hmm. But when I was talking to Paula, it was like, hey, we make most of our money through our pop-ups, right? And if we want to generate sales through the website, then in my mind, the best strategy ahead is to get really tight at making a badass pop-up to where we know we can get X number of revenue, you know, consistently for every pop-up, right? Our point of sale is dialed in, boom. We got the square set up. We're capturing emails. You know, we got a whole experience. We got the newsletter going out the week before, you know, then the day before we got the reminder going and we just have this well-oiled pop-up. And then the goal is like, get that to a number. And as we're doing this, we're simultaneously uh, driving revenue through the e-commerce website. And the goal is get to the point to where we're breaking as much through the website as we are through the pop-up and then ideally increase more through the website 
And then at that point, you're going to make a decision of like, oh man, we're bringing in, you know, 7,500 a month through e-commerce alone, but we're still bringing in 2,500 a month through the pop-ups. And you're going to say, hey, we really like that extra 2,500. So maybe we don't shut down the pop-ups altogether. Maybe we just limit them, et cetera, and then gradually start to build um, the e-commerce. But the reason I talk about this is because I think people are getting it backwards. I don't think people realize how hard it is to drive a uh, revenue. And so I've just been pressing y'all with that mindset, like revenue first. Mike, your tea is done steeping. So take this trainer out. I meant to tell you that, but I did not want to stop you from talking. <laughs> so for green tea, we typically steep for two to three minutes. Love it. So I think we're right at that point. So what are your thoughts about what I just said from your own experience over the last uh, two years? So I, I'd say that's spot on with us. Um, we came out with the idea and we immediately wanted, went into, all right, we're doing this from a social space. So we're trying to assist in elevating the human experience. We went directly into trying to assist people and we didn't even look at number. Yeah. And what we found was um, we're kind of chasing our tail mm-hmm. because we're speaking to all different types of people with all different types of needs. Um, we didn't, ever like just dial down into who we were trying to speak to specifically. So this entire process is assisting us with driver revenue because now we're speaking directly to people, um, you know, based on your guidance rather than just going out and just kind of spitballing everywhere and being in like a hundred different directions. We're more in intuitive. Uh-huh. Um, we're more intentional with who we're speaking to. And that in turn is actually assisting us with, you know, directing where our sales are coming from. Yeah. In your mind, who is your perfect customer? In my mind, our perfect customer uh, primarily is uh, women um, dealing with uh, things like anxiety um, and um, well in in the wellness space. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've been more successful in communicating, you know, directly to uh, women who are looking to de-stress and uh, getting into an anti-anxiety space. And who want to take so a holistic approach? You say, say that again. You want to take a holistic approach? And women who wants to take a more holistic approach. All right. So let's break this down for our listeners because I think it's a good teaching moment in terms of that differentiation, right? So your brand is your moat, right? It's what separates you from all the other competition out there, the way you talk about who you go after. So there's a lot of women that are dealing with stress, anxiety, right? They're looking to be more active and incorporate more of a wellness routine, mm-hmm. right? But if I'm going after a perfect customer, all right, what is it that's going to make one customer work with me over someone else, right? What is it that I have that my competition doesn't? And you and I, Paula, have been talking about this of female veterans like yourself, you know, mm-hmm. that are dealing with stress and anxiety and trying to incorporate wellness into their uh, routine, Right. You see the difference between that. So there are a lot of people that are out there that can say, oh, yeah, we help uh, females dealing with stress and anxiety versus they say, hey, we help African-American females that are dealing with stress and anxiety in uh, uh, PG County or Maryland, where you're at, et cetera. Right. That's a different competitive advantage. Right. Because now, like even if I started a company, I try to compete in that space. Right. I don't have any agency there. You know, versus you, Paula, and you, Lawrence, where y'all move around, 
the clients that you're already working with, your relationships that you've developed in the military, right? That's a moat right there within itself. And so that's why I'm so big on like, okay, are we planting that flag into the ground at the company and saying, this is who we're for? And what are we doing to make them know that that's what we're for? So it's one thing to be like, oh, these are our perfect customers, but do they associate us in their minds of like, oh man, I got all this anxiety and stuff. And people are like, you need to talk to Paula. You need to talk to Lawrence. That's the goal. And what do we need to do from a content perspective? And when I say content, I'm not just talking about podcasts and videos, but just like, yo, how are we communicating with the outside world? How are we communicating with our perfect customer? What are we doing to create that demand? And it's like, are, why, why are people coming to us? You know, and at a certain point, it goes from assumptions to like, you guys been in business like two years now. You got some revenue on the books. You talk to people in the pop-ups. It's like, yo, when we talk to customers, what are they saying about the company? Like, what are they telling us? I agree. Yeah, yeah for us, um, again, like one of, what this process has also helped us to do is kind of narrow down and be more mm-hmm. specific. Um, we started out just wellness space. So we were talking about things. So like, yeah, we were talking about <laughs> movement. Paul is a yoga instructor. We were dealing in that space. We were dealing in so many different spaces under the wellness umbrella. So in order to actually drive sales, um, we learned through uh, working with you to actually be more specific. We're selling tea. So we actually have to, you know, actually kind of bring drive everything back to us, you know, in what we're doing specifically, which is actually trying to make sure that we're creating sales for the tea. I think for me, the reluctancy in the beginning was trying to serve everybody (laughs) and trying to have everybody as our customers be likable, be friendly. We have a great product. Everybody, first of all, isn't going to buy into your product. So it was a little challenging trying to niche it all the way down to an African-American female who's dealing with this and that. I was actually a little nervous about putting it out there that way. But when I changed the dynamic of what I was doing just here recently, um, it was a game changer for the company itself. More people are gravitating towards the company and they're already saying, hey, I got a person. I got a person that can help you with that. So we've gotten a lot of referrals from our most recent pop up event based on niching it all the way down to, hey, this is for females, but I see other people still coming in too. But it's just more helpful for us as a brand um, to have that type of, I guess, tunnel vision when we're working on a perfect customer. Um, And it's more relatable to a lot of people. So, What was your hesitancy to niche down? And I'm curious because I think a lot of people, like it's, it's written in the books, Everyone tells you niche down, niche down, niche down. But mm-hmm. when we launch businesses, we're so terrified to do it uh, because we're like, it's hard in the early days, right? You're taking money from wherever you can get it, yep. you know? And this idea that like, you're going to cut off a faucet when you barely have any money in the bank account anyway, it's terrifying. But I have found that when you niche, right? And you start to go after that perfect customer and think of yourself as a dog whistle brand, i.e. we're not trying to talk to everyone, We're only trying to communicate with that perfect customer that loves us and is willing to pay a premium for our products and services, right? It gives a sense of clarity because now instead of feeling overwhelmed, you look at your list and be like, yo, is my perfect customer there? No. Well, chances are we shouldn't go. Yep. 
Yeah. So why were you scared? Why do you think you were terrified to niche now? I think the scary part for me was um, just the uncertainty of where I belong, wanting to be liked, wanting to be accepted everywhere um, and was rejected from a lot of spaces because of that, because I was accepting everything. Hey, come here, come here. And so I was just spreading myself way too thin. My mindset has completely changed from that. Now I'm very selective about where I'm going to show up and how I'm going to show up. Even online, um, that was also a challenge to take it from this dynamic T brand who has all this these great you know, pictures online to just honing in on, hey, I'm a Black female. My customers are Black female who deals with some of the same issues that I deal with. So the hard part was first telling people <laughs> why I was doing what I was doing. Um, it's not common to talk about different mental health issues and disorders. So for me, that was a challenge because basically I am my perfect customer. I told you that before. I am my perfect customer. So it was a challenging, a challenge for me to get that story out there. But um, once I did, I felt it was a little freeing for me. Um, And um, I guess the transparency, you know, within that helped me to to broaden my horizons and my perspective a little more to what we're doing as a company, why we're in business. I'm not in business to be liked by everybody. I would love to be, um, but I'm in business to, to reach that person. You know, I'm, I'm of a service. So that's why I'm here. And I just have to constantly remind myself, hey, yes, I'm putting myself out there. This is who my customer is. I'm tunneling in on that customer. And that's not to say that, you know, other people won't come or, you know, I'm singling people out, you know, from being attracted to our business. It's, it just helps me get more clarity and focus as a business owner. One of the things I've been thinking about, and this is a discussion, right? So, I'm, you know, a lot of our listeners are in the process of launching an e-commerce brand or they've already launched whatever, and they're going through this struggle right now. But I just cannot stress enough how important the sales process is. And there was a time before I became an entrepreneur, before I started working with Bill and the Lions Pride and develop my own frameworks and everything. If I was launching an e-commerce business, I would probably start on Instagram or Pinterest or whatever create a bunch of content and create a bunch of hype, you know, like let everybody know what I'm doing, et cetera. Now knowing what I know, like, I don't even know if you need that stuff. If I'm being honest, right. <laughs> I think if you can get really good at selling and talking about your product in the marketplace and driving revenue, right. I think you can build a modestly successful, uh, brand e-commerce brand. And I'm not talking about like, Oh, uh, you know, maybe not like a hundred thousand dollars in revenue plus right off the bat. But seriously, I think if you start, you can get like a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, ten to twenty, literally just by selling people. Um, and then you're gonna be so much more powerful once you start to post content and things, because you're gonna have a better understanding of like what your value prop is. So right. it's like yeah, you know, like me and you were doing this branding work, we're doing the messaging, et cetera. But what I always tell people is like, yo, what are the customers saying? Like when you're sitting down with someone and you're like, oh, you should really try our tea. What are their reservations? Like, what do they physically say to you? And then how do you get them to close the sale? Right? Like, how do you talk them off the ledge to give you a chance? And then how do you keep them coming back? And in my mind, that comes from that like market-based feedback. And I just recorded an episode on this about like, yo, you cannot outposition you cannot do positioning if there's no demand for what you're offering. Mm-hmm. And so sales is the validation 
money in the bank account is a validation that we have something that people are willing to give a damn about and more importantly, pay money for. And that's why I was like, you guys don't discredit the founder. You had like $30,000 in sales your first year. There are e-commerce brands out there that I personally know that'd be lucky if they have like $10,000. So clearly you can sell. We just got a 10 X to sell. And I feel like that's going to drive our marketing efforts. Yes. And that's a great conversation because when we first started, um, we didn't know honestly which direction we wanted to go. We automatically said we wanted a physical store. Um, And when we got in front of customers, it was so easy to tell the story, but it was harder to kind of like limit, like not oversharing, so to speak. So I I felt that I lost more customers telling the story and telling too much of the story (laughs) rather than actually focusing on the sale. Uh So that's some balance that I had to find. But, um, we also learned that we had to actually translate that story from being face to face with a consumer to our online presence mm-hmm. as well. So that's where we're um, also working with now, you know, working on now, like translating our story from, you know, being face to face with somebody to giving them that same experience online. One thing I've been talking to Paul about, and I sent that video, which you said it resonated with you, was this vitamin and painkiller thing. And people, I got pushback on LinkedIn by some people too. They're like, not every business needs to be a painkiller. There are businesses out there that are vitamins. And I always try to like, there's always some nuance. But my thing is like, for the reality of a bootstrap entrepreneur that needs money in the bank account, like today, right? right? I feel like it's a faster way to profitability by being a vitamin, by being a painkiller instead of a vitamin, which is a knife to have. But I will say this, it is a nuance in a sense of some people might buy a painkiller once and then it solves the pain for them and they're good versus (laughs) having a reason to keep them kind of coming back consistently. But I think people are overlooking the fact of like, yo, like what makes people say, you know, take my money, you know, literally like what people, what makes people say, take my money, I need your tea. And for us, right, we've been doing some exercises like let's think through this now. Let's talk through it now. Like so with regards to us, right, our perfect customer, African-American female veterans dealing with anxiety, uh, mental health issues and are working on their fitness as a way to you know, overcome it, et cetera. Right. How can we make our tea a painkiller? Like specifically, like where is the pain for that perfect customer? The pain would be. Wanted to feel centered, wanted to wanted to be center focused, um, grounding. So I think that would be a major pain if if someone's, I guess, dealing with anxiety or mental health issues, you have this great sense of being overwhelmed. So RTs do provide mental clarity, focus, and stillness. So that's why we call it mindfully blended teas, because it's designed wholly so that you can be forced to slow down and center yourself and just, you know, come into that space of calm and ease. Yeah. Also, um, some of the blends are created specifically um, with, you know, like a formulated approach to, uh, you know, kind of like... um, um, taking care of certain things, like, uh, for instance, uh, the tea that you're drinking, the green mint, mm-hmm. um, mint actually has a benefit of, you know, opening up the airway. It has a yeah. lot of other benefits, it's relaxing, it's relaxation calming. and calming. And so, you know, they've been carefully, you know, um, thoughtfully actually formulated to do certain things. And so one of the things that we're going to do as we're actually putting together and telling the story of each tea um, through our website is actually tell those things, highlight 
the detail, the story behind the tea, why it was formulated or, you know, the region that it came from and those types of things. So we can kind of share with our perfect customers um, exactly what these teas are supposed to do so they don't have to actually do any guesswork. Yeah. I want to challenge all something. Mm-hmm. All right. And you can push back again. It's dialogue. Right. How mm-hmm. many teas are we selling right now? We have 21 in our line. All right. That's a lot of lines. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of lines, each that need different stories and different positioning, et cetera. I think we need to cut back the like marketing 21 different products, because that's really what you're marketing. Mm-hmm. Their products within themselves is super hard. Right. And like going back to how I would do it now, I would probably sell like one product. Right. And I'd be the king. Of, I'm, I'm serious. I would get that one product of like to 10,000 or something mm-hmm. and then introduce this other product. Right. But I do think we need to scale our product offering down and focus on like ideally like one to three and really build a brand story around it, around the why. Right. And it's easier to track, too, because like that's the other aspect of like small business ownership. Right? Like it takes a lot to fill 21 different offerings. That's different packaging, different names. And then you create this like monster of a business before we've even got like truly profitable. And so, like, you're a Marine, Lawrence. Keep it simple, stupid, right? Bring it down. Boom, boom, boom. There's a reason the Marine Corps kind of does its thing in threes, right? Just keeps things simple. I think we should, you guys should consider saying, like, what are our three most best-selling tees? And let's focus on that. And then you have a plan to introduce, you know, another tee line. And we do, like, the Marine Corps, we're, like, set conditions. You know, so once we get X number of revenue here... Then we can explore introducing a T-line. But for a lot of y'all out there that are in a similar position, like offering all these different brands and stuff, you're just making it harder for your business. When the goal early on is just buying and selling, buying and selling, right? Keeping it simple. And the other aspect of it, think about when you go to a diner, right? And this happens to me, right? There's a reason. I'm a creature of habit. I go to the same restaurant, I order the same thing, et cetera. If I come visit y'all and we go out to eat and there's a, y'all take me to some diner, that's like a 20 page menu and a, I, I'm overwhelmed, you know, because we're just getting so much input all day long. Right. Like I just need it simple. Right. So I'll just be like, oh, salmon salad or whatever. So yeah. if your customers are coming to your booth or they're going to your website and they see 20 different offerings, it can feel overwhelming for them because now they're saying like, oh, I don't know what to choose from. Da, da, da. What's this one? What separates this one? Versus you're taking a decision out of their hand and saying, hey, we're going to make this really simple for you. Here's our one blend. Here's our X blend, et cetera. And I think that that's going to make you feel less overwhelmed because now you got metrics. So it's like, yo, how much of this did we sell? Versus like, I couldn't imagine tracking 21 different tea products across the board. And counting. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool that 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 you mentioned that because that's something that Paul has actually been doing the last couple of yeah. Instead of Working. highlighting all these teas, she'll do a tasting on two or three. And that's it. And that's, and that's all, that's all we're focused on selling that day. Even though we do, we'll have like on another table the showcase of everything else that we have just in case somebody else wants to look at it. But she's highlighting those three. She's focused on selling those three. And the majority of the teas that we take are centers around those teas only. So we've been doing that and we literally just um, put out a blog 
based on three T's that she highlighted. And then our next blog has zero T's. So we're kind of drawing the focus, you know, similarly, you know, as you just said, Uh just to a few at a time. So we don't overwhelm people. And even as we're writing these stories, we're doing a few at a time. Um, Most of the T's that we actually have are still in development. So we're not like throwing them out there because we don't want to overwhelm people. We really want people to really get into the story or tie themselves to the reasoning behind whichever tea that they actually fall in love with um, or whichever category or series of teas that they fall in love with. But we've um, kind of naturally, what Paul has been over the last two pop-ups, just focused on a specific number. It'll be two or three at a time. One thing I want to think about too is I want to encourage you all to do customer interviews because I want us to go deeper on the pain piece, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll be honest, right? There are days where I wake up and I literally do not want to get out of bed, right? Like when I'm on point, I have a calendar, whatever. I wake up, I'm ready to go, do my workout in the morning, da da da. But then there are just these days where I wake up and the, the day just looks overwhelming, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like my schedule, the gym, everything, all right? And it creates just this pain throughout the day, because now it's like, you're overwhelmed. You're not getting out of bed. You're not working out. So you're just slogging around. And for the work we do as entrepreneurs, like it feels like a lot of times we got to be on, right? We got Mm -hmm. people responsible for us. I got uh, clients, you know, I have team members that I'm responsible for, et cetera. But this is why I talk about the painkiller, right? The pain goes back to getting out of bed. All right. So you start saying, okay, how do I get out of bed? Right. What's the thing? Right. And then you say, okay, well maybe you go to sleep earlier. Right. And so then you say, all right, that sounds good. What are you doing to help you sleep? Right. That's, that's, I'm just using me as an example. Right. And then you start to really start to dig and find like where the real kind of pain is for your perfect customer. So now for, I'm thinking of, I believe that physical fitness wellness is super helpful. And there's studies out there that attest to it. It's like a natural stimulant. It like makes us feel better, et cetera. So if I'm dealing with mental health issues, anxiety, et cetera, and I know I need to adopt a wellness routine, right? One of the pains might be the habit, right? Of consistently going to yoga, consistently meditating, consistently X, okay? How do I help our perfect customer develop that routine, right? And make it a habit. Maybe our company is part of that habit, right? So before you go to bed every night, you drink your tea, you get a good night's sleep, and then you pop up in the morning ready to go. Now, I know there's a little bit of caffeine in tea, so maybe we don't want to do it at night. Maybe you do it first thing in the morning and you make it part of your routine. So you pop up in that quiet time. You know, uh, what's the guy's, uh, the miracle morning? Right. It's called saviors. He's got his whole process for like silence in the morning, affirmation, visualization, you know, writing, reading and writing, et cetera. What if part of that morning routine is during their silence? Right. They're like boiling their water while they're meditating. Right. Then the thing goes off. Now they're ready to come out of meditation. They make their tea. They go to the gym, et cetera. Right. Now I'm just visually talking now, but you get what I'm saying about like, now you're making a part routine. Even at my CrossFit gym, right? We got this little fit aids there. Those things are like $4, right? That's a reward for me doing the workout that day. Mm-hmm. So like, if I'm like, man, I'm really not feeling like it. And I still go and drag myself out of bed. I feel okay recording. I mean, I feel okay paying $4 for my little fit aid, right? 
Another routine is I write because of the book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur. Every morning when I was writing it and I'm doing the copy editing for it, I go to my little coffee shop. I pay $3. Why? Because it's part of my routine. So Mm -hmm. that is a pain. It's like, I know I need to get this writing done. It's not happening. I need to develop a routine around it. What can I do to help this, et cetera? So with that in mind, we need to get in the mind of our perfect customer and legitimately like, yo, what is their routine? And like, how can we fit our tea to complement it, you know, to make it better so that they can accomplish the goals that they have for themselves? So one of the, one of the things that um that I take from that is um basically creating um space throughout the day that we can actually you know create scenario where Probably people would need to because we initially had a start and end your day mm-hmm. but we didn't actually drive that. You know, we, we put it out there and we actually put a morning breakfast tea and we also put a nighttime An tea. Herbal. Uh, herbal, tea, non-caffeine, but we didn't drive that sale and we didn't drive home the point that you just made as far as putting, adding it to your routine. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like your tea, I had to make it here, you know, while we were recording. Right. So it's different than other teas, right? Teas that come in bags, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Why do, why do you want your tea to come like this? So we want it to be in holy form so that the drinker can actually have an experience with the tea. We want you to slow down. We want you to actually watch the leaves rehydrate. This tea is a premium tea from Africa. So we want you to look at those leaves, to smell the peppermint, watch the green leaves unfurl right in your cup uh, and have a true mindful experience while you're drinking your tea. So by doing that, that's going to force you to take at least five to 10 minutes out of your day to slow down. And it could be like a tea meditation for you. So that's the purpose of having it in, in holy form. What I like about that is the experience piece, right? And me and you were talking about that too. What are we doing to emphasize the experience? How are we educating people about the experience of sipping RT versus what else is in the marketplace? So that's another part of the story that you got to share, right? So I'm imagine people coming to your booth, they see your tea, they're like, oh, these aren't bags. What's your process behind this? And you say, oh, we want you to slow down because that's part of the experience. If you just want grab and go tea, guess what? We're not for you. Right. And that's where that dog whistle branding comes in. Because now you're saying, hey, the world is fast enough as it is out there. If you just want to grab your tea and go, whatever. But if you need to slow down, if you need to start meditating, you need to start going to yoga, right? If we need to, you know, unplug, this is part of that unplugging process. And maybe even making your tea is a form of meditation. Because now... Cut your phone off, whatever, boil the water, pour it and get that routine going again. Right. Yeah. The, the goal is exactly that. And, um, you know, actually to implement like a form of rejuvenation, too, right. um, because we're on the go so much. Um, we didn't want this experience to be another part of that on the go. We, we've actually had people to ask us um, to make it more convenient. And so that kind of takes away from the entire purpose that Paula actually decided to do it full leaf. Um, What that does is it allows us to kind of create some balance or some valence in life, right? Because if there's times where we don't have a choice but to be on the go. So this is an opportunity to actually rejuvenate, to relax. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we got to educate people about that, though. That's what I'm saying, too, because, right, like I have the fortunate benefit of working with you guys. I text Paul all the time. We're on the show, whatever. But like if I'm trying to decide which tea to get and I'm like, 
hey, I don't know, like this isn't in a bag or whatever. Like what have we done to educate consumers and make it easier for them to use our product? Yeah, so it's mo- it's mostly been like at our pop-ups and events where we can actually talk to them and educate them on why we're doing it this way. Um, in the beginning, we almost got wrapped up in, we're just going to put them all in sachets and things like that. But that takes away from why we call it mindfully blended tea. And like you said, if they want tea bags, I mean, there's places where they can go grab some tea bags. But we're also a, a social conscious company. So... We got away from the bag experience unless it's an organic bag, unless it's biodegradable, right? Which can cost a little more. So we're not ready to do that. Um, another thing, whole leaf tea is it's better in benefits. Like you're getting the full benefit of this plant versus it being broken down to small fragments that, you know, you consume. You're consuming the tea in its whole leaf. You're getting all the medicine that the tea have to offer. But those things we um, have only spoken in person, which we have been very successful with doing. But like Lawrence said, just um, tuning it down a little bit, you know, coming, we got to come up with a, a shorter way to present that, nail the sale so that we can move on to the next customer. And one of, one of the ideas also is um, when we actually, you know, um, have the time first and foremost, <laughs> but, um, you know, we also want to create the bandwidth to be able to tell that story and get it out. Yeah. And um, we, we have to figure out from which medium. We literally just won an award for this specific, you know, way that we actually Unique communicate customer relations um, at the World Tea, um, you know, so at World Tea um, Expo. Expo. So, you know, it's getting out, but it's slowly getting out. And I think we're not reaching the people that that we feel like we can because we actually haven't developed a way in or medium in which we want to actually tell that story or send that message on why we're doing things the way we're doing yeah, we need a dog whistle. Yeah. Right. And that's what I've been talking all about. And one mistake, not just you guys, but just us in general as the veteran entrepreneurial community is these freaking marketing plans. Like I'm tempted to throw right a like uh, uh, a newsletter about throw your marketing plan away because it's only as good as your ability to execute. And we're great at marketing plans. We're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Yeah. But when you really lean in, try to see what it's like two weeks in. Right. When you're really committed. And so just like we said with the T, right, instead of doing 21 different offerings. Right. Let's just commit to selling one product like really, really good. The same thing with our marketing. Right. Like what is the one thing we're going to lean in and say we're going to do this consistently rain, sleet, hell or snow to communicate our value directly with our perfect customer just to get the cobwebs off. Right. Just to be feel confident about our marketing and our ability to consistently show up. And then once we get good at doing this consistently, then we introduce something else. So we're going to consistently post on our social once a week at this time, et cetera. Once we do that really good, then we're going to introduce something else. Once we do that, then we can start. But for you guys, I said, number one is the pop up. Like, I don't care about social media if we're not doing a good pop-up. Pop-up, maybe the social media, and then you start sharing some interviews and stuff, et cetera. But I think it's important to really just build a cadence, which is why we emphasize the marketing cadence just as much as the marketing plan, if not more, um, here at Ironbound Media. Yeah, that that's helped us a lot over the, the past uh, few weeks because um, I happen to be updating our marketing plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, just looking at the industry all together, we fit so many different industries by the way that we're doing things. Um, the com- you, you mentioned consumer packaged goods. That's a one point two trillion dollar industry 
in and of itself, which means there's a, probably an unlimited amount of uh, directions that we can go just in that space. So it's really, really tough to try to niche it down if you don't really have the focus that we're learning through this process um, and you're just actually going by market alone. And so when I created the market strategy, basically I did a percentage of what that $1.2 trillion is. Mm-hmm. Um, and even so, it shifts so much. Like before it was, you need to get into a specialty food store, a grocery store to make money. It's reversed now to e-commerce, which is crazy. And, and e-commerce in and of itself is its own space. So by going through this process and, and uh, learning how to, and creating our dog whistle in and of itself, it's actually assisting us in, you know, kind of getting all the white noise out of the way and uh, being able to drive our sales. What I do want you to think about, though, is that's what Silicon Valley do. They're like, oh, there's this 1.2 million trench industry. If we just get 1% of that, we're billionaires, right? right? Versus, let's take it from the perfect customer angle of like, okay, how many African-American female veterans do I know? Okay. How many do I know that do yoga or working on mental health? Okay, I know at least 100 in my immediate circle. Right. And I know that if I sell, you know, 10 of them, whatever, that's, you know, X number of dollars a month. And so then you say, okay, I wonder how many more in Lawrenceville or how many more in Newark or how many more, et cetera. And that's where I want you to think about is like, yo, let's really focus on the area we have the biggest impact in, which is like your local area, walking the beat, talking to people, your local community pop ups. And then like what we say, Paula, hey, where's another pop up? You know, so we did that pop up where it was like three days, got like $10,000, et cetera. Yo, how much more of those can we find? And then that's where we start to build our marketing plan. So instead of like making it overcomplicated, it's just like, yo, let's do X number of pop-ups like per month or per a quarter with the expectation of we're going to make this dollar and that's our marketing plan. So we got the licenses, you know what I'm saying? We got the marketing copy. Have we pinged our network, right, et cetera? Do we got our content set up, camera? You know how we try to record audio or video and your 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 phone is full so you can't do it? Little stuff like that, that PCCs and PCIs is super important. Mm-hmm. Now, I challenge Paula, y'all, and I want to hear some feedback. I said, Paula, you've got to sell your tea without selling the tea. And what do I mean by that, right? In e-commerce brands and businesses, we mistake uh, what we do with how we do it. So first example, yo, Mike, what do you do? I help veteran-owned businesses build dog whistle brands. How do I do it? I help them through podcasting and a proprietary dog whistle brand strategy to channel through the noise, stand out from the crowd, and drive revenue with the perfect customer, right? So for you all, right, some say, oh, what do you do? We don't sell tea. We help African-American women and female veterans in general who are struggling with anxiety and wellness issues, mental health issues, et cetera, uh, improve their mental health. So then I'm intrigued. How do you do it? Right. Well, we've created this blended tea, sourcing ingredients from Africa, et cetera, right, to create an experience to help um, you, you know, get to sleep easier or something. Right. So when you have you start trying to talk like this and what have been the results? Yes. So I have start to talk like that, um, actually just introducing ourselves to people or being at networking events where people say, hey, what you do? And so instead of 
off the bat. I sell premium African, you know, holy teas is, hi, my name is Paula. Um, I have a unique way of um, incorporating mindfulness into your daily life through whatever, or what else did I say? I have a unique way of supporting, because I nailed it at this one event, of supporting um, African-American women who deal with anxiety and depression. That's all I had to say. And the response was, well, how in the world do you do that? You know, and then I was able to say, I am the founder of Cure Leafs Tea Company and then go into that piece. And it was more intriguing to them. They wanted to learn more. Actually, I got a couple of wholesale accounts (laughs) for doing it that way. So. And the reason that's important is because we're so quick to emphasize features. You know, we do this blend, we do that, but it's like, yo, I think... And I could be wrong, but I think when people are spending money consistently, it's because of a pain, you know? Yeah, going out to eat is a nice to have, but the pain is like, yo, I'm tired. You know, it's been a long day. I don't want to cook, you know? So I just, it's easier for me to go pay this money, save myself the mental clarity that I can just go home and go to sleep or relax instead of having to cook and clean, et cetera. And so when you start with the pain, right, then it sets the conditions for your offerings, and like, I, I, I believe marketing is sales at scale, right? And in the military, you prep the battlefield, you know, you send the mortars and artillery, et cetera, and then you send in the infantry. And so when we talk, how we speak about the company, how we post on social media, you know, how we fire people up before our pop-ups, right? That's prepping the battlefield, you know? And then all we do, boom, roll in and uh, are able to drive revenue through selling our teeth. So I feel like I w- we went in today. I get excited talking about this. If you can't tell, and I'm real happy to have you guys on because it's been so fun to work with you and learn more about your company um, and your business. And so before we go, I do want us to ask you one, are there any pertinent questions that you think our audience could benefit from like me answering now? And then also how can our community of listeners help support and elevate the work you guys are doing? Yeah. So pertinent questions would be, I hear a lot um, of entrepreneurs say, I would like to get your take on this. Build it and they will come. How do you feel about that? I think it's the wrong mindset. And I think that kills a lot of businesses. That's why a lot of businesses fail. So the imp- you, can, you can be the greatest entrepreneur in the world. Like you can be Elon Musk or whatever, all these other entrepreneurs, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates. But if there is no demand for what you're offering, it just isn't there, right? So that's why positioning and how we talk about our products or services in the marketplace is super important because one, we need to identify where people are already spending money and drive demand towards our offering. Now, like think about this. People have been eating vegetarian and vegan for like years, mm-hmm. right? But all of a sudden now, like there's fast food, vegan restaurants. There's, you know, it's like, like you go to events now, they're not even serving meat. Right. Like six years ago, I would have thrown up, you know, my fist like this is bullshit. You know, I don't want to eat nuts and berries. Right. What kind of app? But now it's the expectation. Right. People go to events and they're like, damn, you only got no vegetables. You don't got any more healthy options because the market is there. Like we've adapted. We've grown versus you try to do that in like 1999. It might have fallen on deaf ears. And I say that, say like the market is there. And so our job as the founders of our companies is to consistently find market opportunities for what we're offering and create demand and capture that demand through sales. Yeah. 
And the market is definitely there for holistic health and wellness too. It's there. People are spending money on it. We mm-hmm. just got to help them figure out why are they buying our tea versus others? How are we differentiating ourselves in the market? And that's where I'm big on the branding. It's not just like logos and all that stuff. It's more so like how we speak, how we position ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for our listeners, right, how can they support you guys in this entrepreneurial uh, journey? They can definitely join our tea community at Cured Leaves Tea Co. on all social media platforms. Sign up to our newsletter at curedleavestea.com. Um, what else? Those are primarily the spaces <laughs> and, and it'll tell the story of everything else we're doing. We're actually yes. doing some great work both on the continent of Africa and here locally. Um, so to find out, you know, all of the great things that we're doing, those are the two spaces that they can actually follow us. Yeah, I heard him, y'all. Make sure you show them some love. I'll be sure to include a link to your website and newsletter in our show notes. And this isn't going to be your only time on Dog Whistle Brandon, right? I'll be bringing y'all back. One, to give us some updates and share lessons learned because this is how we grow as a community, right? Like we take the shots, right? We recon, we do all that stuff, and then we come back and brief. And I feel like y'all are going to be tons of value because you're still in the early stages of achieving massive liftoff, right? We got some revenue, we got some wins on the board, but now we need to double our revenue this year, right? Mm -hmm. And then the goal is double it the next year and then the next year um, and really build like a sustainable business for ourselves, serving the community that we care the most about, right? And uh, creating impact and being healthy and being proud of what we built. So I appreciate y'all. Honor having you guys on the show. For all our listeners, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, Dog Whistle Brandon, at the link in the show notes. So until next time, peace, love, have a great rest of your week, everyone. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. Thank you.